Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what is up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a beautiful day so far. I am so grateful, so excited, and so, so just stoked for all of you to meet and get to know my new dear friend, Miss Jamie McFadden. So, Jamie was one of the first people that I met at Feasted Forward, which was a festival that was put together by a company named Padopolo, which is a podcast app. And they had invited myself and Jamie and a few other incredible podcasters out to interview a lot of musical talent present at Bottle Rock Napa Valley, which was just an incredible concert with a bunch of badass musicians there and celebrity chefs and just incredible talent. And while we were waiting around to interview just others, we kind of started getting to know each other. And as I heard Jamie's story, it was just so clear that she had to be on the show. And to give you a little background on Jamie, you know, Jamie is an international self-care specialist, a health coach, and a thought leader on cultivating a lifestyle of guilt-free wellness. She's the host of the What's the Word podcast. She's a busy mom and a successful entrepreneur, and she's the author of a new book. In fact, she was at the festival, and her new book was launching on Monday, which is Waves of Self-Care, which is also available on Amazon. We include all those all those links in the show notes. But Jamie's story was, was pretty amazing, and, and, and the episode really hinges on this idea of why it's so hard to ask for help why it's so hard to look vulnerable, why it's so hard to be selfish. Why do we have to get to the point of burnout to finally begin asking for more? Why can't we start sooner? I mean, we we unpack so many important ideas and concepts around self-care, self-love, and why it's important to prioritize our own needs. You know, I've been really coming to this realization more and more as I've been maturing on my own journey, that self-care is no longer a luxury. It's a necessity. You know, we have to, and more importantly, we as a society get to redefine what it means to self-care because self-care is not just the massages and the vacations. Self-care is about looking vulnerable and asking for help and letting our guard down and allowing ourselves to be supported by our friends, our communities, the universe, and whatever forces that are outside of us. It's about trusting in something bigger and deeper and not needing to do it all alone. And that's really what we covered on this week's episode. It was a really powerful reminder that, in fact, Jamie's story, and which she has never shared before on any other podcast, Jamie's story is actually proof of what's possible when we when we choose ourselves and how the world opens up, how everyone's lives get better when we choose ourselves. And if you guys take any messages away from this conversation, it's that, you know, self-care is not a, it's, it's your birthright. 
You know, you get to ask for help. And when you ask for help, people get to feel good helping you. And it's just this beautiful cycle of giving and receiving that makes the world a better place. And so I hope this conversation inspires you to prioritize your own self-care. I hope Jamie's new book inspires a wave of of momentum in your own healing journeys. And I just hope you guys take this conversation and integrate it into a beautiful reminder of what's possible when you choose yourself. So enjoy the conversation. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast apps. All that means that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. We, I'm going to be releasing a lot of new little short episodes, long episodes from the festival. I got to meet so many amazing human beings. You guys are just going to love all of the amazingness coming your way. But this week, enjoy, 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 enjoy the brilliant Miss Jamie McFadden. Yo, 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 what is up, everyone? And welcome to this very special episode of Stay Grounded. I'm recording this live from Feast It Forward in Napa Valley with my new friend, Miss Jamie McFadden. How are you, dear? I am wonderful. Thank you so much. How are you doing, Raj? I'm so good. And guys, if you hear a lot of background noise or kids running around or dogs coming in, just go with it. We're sort of uh, in an impromptu experience, just kind of going with the flow and Jamie and I connected deeply on the first day. And when I heard her story, I just couldn't wait to have her on the show. And so, Jamie, I'd love to start just with the idea of asking for help. Why do you think it's so hard in particular for moms to ask for help? That is a brilliant question. And I would say a million dollar question because most moms come to me not knowing how they could ever ask for help. And I think it really stems down to a conditioning from childhood experiences where we feel this innate need to be continuously taking care of others and finding fulfillment in taking care of others and basically putting ourselves on the back burner where I've spent now 12 years working in this field of health and wellness and realizing how important it is in order to serve our family, to serve our friends, to serve the community we have to serve ourselves. And so changing that narrative and changing that mindset is my goal so we can start with our children all the way up for the rest of our lives. Yeah, it takes a certain level of like trust and being like, all right, I'm going to be selfish right now so that I can serve, right? Because even in that idea, like there's this like, when I say the word selfish, I get, I still feel a little cringe, (laughs) you know? I'm like, oh, I don't want to be selfish. And so what has been your journey with, navigating that word like for yourself right like I I think that in order to serve others in the way that you are I imagine you've had your own journey with learning to be selfish so you can serve so can you talk about that absolutely so this is uh, the book that I'm releasing called waves of self-care the subtitle is it takes a village and the entire book is is exactly that to realize that it took me many years many life experiences, traumas, dreams, visions, being in a hospital, almost dead, to realize that life is so precious. And the best way that we can present ourselves to the world is when we've actually been a little selfish. And we've actually taken those moments 
even if it is just taking a deep breath or doing the workout or doing the hard work of getting your finances in order or getting therapy or getting help and saying like, SOS, I need help. I'm not well in any area. I think it's time to normalize that this is going to happen for all of us on this journey. Sometimes we're going to be high. Sometimes we're going to be low. And I believe we are all drops in the ocean and the ocean is connected. And so are we. So when we realize that we're not alone, it makes it a lot less scary to ask for help. God, so much in there. I mean, there's like a, I mean, the drop in the ocean is, is a reminder that I keep coming back to as well. It's, you know, like I feel like whenever I feel stressed about asking for help, I have to remind myself that when I die, I die. The world will move on. And there's this like pressure to look a certain way or this pressure to be seen as perfect. There's this pressure to have it all together for what? For this game that we're playing, for this idea that we're supposed to be better than others and this competition between people. And I mean, I've gone through it in my entrepreneurial journey, like I've burned myself the candle at both ends trying to look a certain way because I thought that's what I needed to have in order to to be loved in order to be accepted in order for me to get fulfillment and you know in my journey even just learning to surrender those walls and let go it's like it takes practice can you talk about the first time you sort of either had to let go or you chose to let go and 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 what that was like for you This is the first time I've ever spoken about this on an interview, and I'm very happy to. It is in my book, full disclosure, and it's something that a lot of people don't know when they meet me now as an adult, as a self-care specialist. But as a young girl, I had very vivid dreams that were very lucid and very much what we now know as 5D, connected, very introspective, and even sometimes premonition-y. And as a child, it was very scary because I come from an old school Greek and Catholic family that it was like, what is wrong? Why are you having these visions? And a lot of the times they were scary. And it felt like I was a burden as a child who was very sunny and bright. It felt like I was a burden to the people that I loved most. My mother, my father, my brother, my my big family. And for some reason, I was very deep and very sensitive and very... Oftentimes they would say to me, you know, just snap out of this or just don't have these thoughts, these visions, but I I couldn't help it. So when you talk about letting go and you talk about surrender, there's a very deep connection I have personally to being about, I can't even remember if I was 11 or 12, but I had a moment where I had been to multiple therapists. I had been put on multiple medications. I hadn't slept in, I don't even know how long. And I wasn't this same me that I am today. I felt very disconnected. And it took a moment where I decided to completely let go, literally. And after having so many different bottles of medication, I got exercised from a priest. I mean, you name it, they put me through every Western and Eastern medication to kind of get this out of me, this vision, this depth. And I ended up being so depressed from all of it that I just felt like such a burden. I, in the most unselfish way, actually, I felt at that moment 
at 12, 11 years old that I would be better if I wasn't here. And so in that moment, I took a bottle of pills and woke up in a hospital. And that was my real aha light bulb moment, knowing when I woke up that I'm still alive to keep going and to fight the fight every day of my life. And that was 25 years ago. So that's how I learned to let go. Well, I think what's what's important to capture there is the courage to, to choose life. So thank you for choosing life and choosing to love yourself and choosing to remember that you have worth and that you're worth being here. And there's so many people who love you because I think there's a lot of people that get pushed to that brink and they don't know that. They don't have that realization. And if anyone listening, if you're pushed to those brinks where you feel like you are a burden or you're not enough, or there's just this feeling that the world would be better without you, I'm here to tell you right now, Jamie's here to tell you right now that you are enough or loved as you are. You are so worthy. And just because things aren't working out in the moment doesn't mean that the book is done being written. In your journey, I mean, this is the foundation of your book, right? This is the foundation of your story. It's what made you who you are. It's what's making this message now available to others. And I think we oftentimes find this lack of, like when we're in the shit, it's really hard to see the beautiful insights or the power in that on the other side. And that's what I think makes this human journey so powerful. Like when we have stories of adversity or us choosing ourselves and choosing to face and see ourselves as that light that we do matter, we are worthy. And how that that little ripple just creates an impact down the line. So I guess, how did you actually begin to shift that that story of I'm a burden? Like, what was that journey like for you? Thank you. And this is all just beautiful. And I'm not surprised that this is happening right now either. And definitely for anyone that's listening to this right now, if you are feeling those moments, just knowing and recognizing that, just like I had mentioned before about being a drop in the ocean and the ocean is all connected, so are we. So this is no surprise to me that we're here right in this moment talking about this. And the shift really was truly when I had opened my eyes and re- recognized that I was I was actually alive in a hospital and I was not dead. And I was sitting there with my family and people that loved me. And I knew in that moment for the rest of my life, for as long as it could be, I was going to do everything I possibly could to make myself feel well and happy and joyful. And I was going to do it. And I knew this at 12. When I look back, I'm like, man, I want to hug that girl. But when I was 12 years old, I was so deep in that moment to know I'm going to somehow someday have a message with this because I somehow am still here. And in that moment, I was able to surrender to the reality of where I was and forgive myself and forgive my own identity of what I had believed at that time. And I also knew that it really meant I needed to get all sorts of support and I needed to take risks and have the courage to face my own fears, to say the things that were scary to me. And a lot of the times learning that when we call those things out and we say, you know, I'm scared of spiders, I'm scared of death, I'm scared of whatever it is. And all of a sudden people can be drawn to that energy 
that actually maybe are there to help. So I, the moment that I realized I was alive, I knew for the rest of my life, it would be different. I just had felt that. And that's something that I wish more and more people, especially with now, you know, we have, especially in America, the highest rate of suicide ever. And um, this is part of what stemmed me. I had never talked about this. So in all these years of being in health and wellness, most of the people I work with still to this day don't know that about me because it was kind of buried under, you know, for so many years. So it's nice to be able to finally share it and also let people know that no journey is one way. No journey is linear. It is a wave. And if we can remember, number one, each experience is our own and it is different. And that is beautiful. And even when we feel completely isolated, even just trying to put yourself in, like I did all these things that were uncomfortable. I hated working out. I worked out. I didn't want to talk to people. I started talking to people. I changed the music I was listening to. I started watching different movies, like just little things. And over time, I felt better. And within three years of that, so when I was 15, I was actually crowned Miss Junior California. So I went from like suicidal <laughs> to the like the head pageant girl, which, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I think there's something to be said about just the micro commitments, right? The micro commitments of self-love, right? It's just, you're not trying to get from zero to a hundred. You're just doing a little bit better every single day, choosing yourself a little more considerately every single day. And you're practicing that. Some days it's hard to choose yourself. I know myself, like I, in fact, today I had a, a triggering event with someone I'm working with and it, and I had this moment of like, do I allow myself to be seen as triggered or, or do I keep it in? And even that micro choice, I'm going to allow myself to be seen. I'm going to allow myself to put it out there, even if it's going to be messy and not okay. And I think that is the journey of you learning to self care. Like it's yeah. learning how to be with you in all the versions of you, the versions of you that are nice, the versions of you that are bitchy, the versions of you that are like angry, sometimes jealous. Like it's learning to honor all of it. And you can only do that by practicing, by being in it with others and being able to explore that journey through feedback. And then over time, you begin to know yourself in a way that is so intimate and so raw. And by that point, like you've gotten so much back. Like, I, I don't know if you resonate with this, but like the more I share myself with the world, whether it's received or not, the more I actually learn to feel comfortable just being in my own shoes. And sometimes it is about just getting over that hump of being seen. 100%. Yes. And everything that I teach with every client that I've had over the last 12 plus years is all about baby steps. Our, my entire process is about taking these really kind of mundane, tiny moments every day to do things that over time will have a compounding effect and make a big difference, right? The little things actually do matter, which for many of us, we don't recognize that until something absurd happens that we look into ourselves, whether we're sick, whether someone we love, like I had another kind of relapse in feeling feeling the feelings and having to face it when I was 18 and my dad unexpectedly passed away. And I remember thinking he was my favorite human, my best friend, my my light, my biggest support, my dreamer. And I just remember I had the crashing wave at 12. Then I was really up at 15 years old. And then 
dad passed away at 18. And I just remember thinking, okay, I have a choice here. And I know he always said, we always have a choice every moment, every day. And I remember saying, I'm going to choose me for the rest of my life, no matter what that takes. And I will do anything in my, the rest of my existence here on this planet to help remind at least one person per day that they actually matter. God, it's so important. It's not mattering to everybody. It's just being in the moment with somebody who needs you. I, I think that's like the thing that keeps coming back for me. Like that's what allows me to drop back into my heart when I feel overwhelmed and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing enough or da da da. da. It's like just can I just be in the moment with what is and who is here and how can that guide love and acceptance and self-care and this message, this ripple that's just so much bigger because you don't know. Like, I feel like there's this idea, we we go down this path of impact and I want to change the world and do all this stuff. And we start to think that, okay, like helping this many people is impact and donating this much money is impact. But we fail to actually recognize that our walking, breathing being is impactful. Like somebody seeing you just talk up or to shine on stage or to choose yourself, that example is a ripple of impact that may inform their choices. A a simple act of kindness can break somebody open to this idea that, wow, like the universe has my back. Like there's so many micro decisions we make every single day that have such a powerful ripple of impact that like for us to even comprehend the amount of matterness, like how much we matter, like it's incomprehensible because your daily choices matter. And you have no idea how your choices impact others. You have no idea how the way you said thank you to somebody made them feel. You just don't know and you can never know. And in that, there's just solace and safety and trust and love and connection because that to me is the thing that brings us all back to this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reminder that we're all human and we're all on this journey and we all matter. Amen to that. Well, you had just brought up kindness, which is my favorite word probably of all. And it's written all over this place that we're at right now, which is not surprising. And you know, we have well over 70,000 thoughts per day, right? We make over 30,000 decisions every single day in a 24-hour span. And oftentimes those decisions and thoughts are negative. And a lot of that is something we're just unaware. We're just not aware of what we're doing. We're going through this life so busy. You know, that's the biggest thing I hear is time and busyness. Well, at the end of life, I've interviewed many people that are in their 90s and they say at the end of my life, the number one thing I want is to be with my family is either to be, you know, at the ocean or somewhere that feeds my soul with people I love. I think that if we could remind ourselves that all of these moments really do matter and treating ourselves with kindness and treating others with kindness, no matter what the moment is, no matter what's happening, no matter how you may feel, it can make a massive ripple effect And I will say now, speaking to the moms, because I am a mom, I'm a single mom raising a child who's five, who's the light of my life. I've never imagined what it's like. I've imagined I could never have known what it was like to watch my own heart walk outside of my body until having a child. 
And, you know, it's interesting because it circles back, right? Like life is the cycle and just like the waves of the ocean. I, I study the ocean in depth because it's very fascinating to me how energy, I believe in the theory of relativity. I believe that even if our human experience is short, our energy will carry on to some form, some way. And I also believe that what we are bringing each day, each moment actually does really matter. And the shit, the bad stuff, the horrible stuff, the trauma, the everything that we go through is actually, you know, the messy is the message. And when we can remind ourselves and surround ourselves with the people, the outdoor nature energy, like right now, a lot of the psychologists I work with, they are prescribing people to actually go out in nature and take walks before they're giving medication. So awesome. I love that so much. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so now, you know, after years of being in the fitness industry, just kind of full circling this, you know, went from a very dark place in my life, just because you had said we can get deep and uh, went from a really dark place to a really bright place and recognizing that life is, like I said, not linear. There's going to be ups, downs, ebb and flows, but now having a child, no matter what, at the end of the day, everything that I do, I know my child is watching. I know my child is learning from my example, right? And so you better bet your ass, I'm going to take the best care of myself so that not only can I be a badass mom to my kid, not from my ego, but from a place of love, right? Choosing love over fear, choosing myself so that my daughter can see, wow, my mom loves herself. She goes to the gym. She takes care of herself. She brings me with her. And to show my daughter that anything is actually possible when we believe it. And that's the message, right? The message that I learned when I woke up that day at 12 years old, anything is possible. I've now been able to work with the the people I looked up to my whole life thinking, I wish I could work with these people. And now they're my friends. They're my colleagues. You know, I got Jillian Michaels to write the foreword for my book who that was a pipe dream as a kid. And it just goes to show that the shit we go through doesn't have to be our story forever. I just love you so much. Like I had a feeling we were going to have such a deep, beautiful, heart open conversation. Like the second I saw you just bubbly and bright and wearing your beautiful dresses and just walking around, just being a delightful human being. And this conversation did not disappoint. I just adore you. And I'm so proud of you on your journey. And is this your first book? And, and I'm just so proud of that accomplishment and how many moms are going to get to experience this incredible message and this really powerful reminder that we are enough and that we are worthy of asking for help and that there's things in this life that matter so much more than anything we do. It's just there's inherent value in who we are and inherent value in our being. So what is the book? Where can people get it? And I can't wait to read it myself. This is being recorded before it's it goes live, right? Like I think like a few days before, in fact. Yes, the book goes live. The ebook is coming out Monday. So it is now Saturday. So 48 hours, the book is live. We're gonna do a little pre-sale with the ebook, and then a couple of days later the paperback comes out. And you can find the book. It is called Waves of Self-Care. The subtitle is It Takes a Village. And I have everything listed on my website. I'm actually offering my free self-care ebook that I want anyone, not just moms. I also want to make that clear. This is, this could be for teenagers. This is for dads. This is for anyone 
that's resonating with what I'm saying and just feeling like, man, okay, I want to hear what this chick has to say. I'm thankful to team up with a lot of really amazing, badass doctors, therapists, thinkers, philosophers, people that a few years back, I, I wouldn't have even thought I had ever had access to. And it's just a reminder that we are capable of whatever we believe. It is true either way of the spectrum. And so I would just, I would ask everyone that's listening to this right now to take a moment to just breathe with your eyes closed and ask yourself, what do I need? And that's all. Beautiful. We'll make all those links available in the show notes for anyone listening. Jamie, I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? I love all your questions. I stay grounded by a few things. I recently made a really tough decision. Not a tough decision, but it was an interesting one. But I moved to a much smaller house so I could be by the beach because to me, the water is everything. Nature is my therapy. Breathing, human interaction, journaling. I've journaled since the time I was a little girl. And I stay grounded by moments of, you know, it's all these things we hear all the time, moments of gratitude, the being with my daughter any second I'm with her. It's an instant reminder how precious life is. Looking at even today, seeing these bugs that crawled around by our feet and recognizing, you know, these little moments that children wake us up to. So just really being present is the best way I would say that keeps me grounded. Thank you, Raj. You're so welcome. And everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj, and this is your new friend, Jamie. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.